1: Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. Alright, fucking podcast number three. Who who the fuck are you guys?
0: Patrick K. A.K.A. Patches. (laughs) A.K.A. AP, AP
1: <laughs> Patches Patrick <laughs> K. All right, and who are you?
2: Uh, just Siobhan. Just Siobhan. All right.
1: A.K.A.
0: Shav Nasty.
1: Shav Nice, nice. So you guys know each other? A little bit. A little bit. All right, and you're both uh, you're skydivers. Both
2: skydivers. Yes. Awesome,
1: awesome. And you're working in the sport and all that kind of
3: stuff.
2: Yep.
1: Very cool. Mm-hmm. And all kinds of other extreme
0: shit. Well, we're getting a little bit older,
3: so
0: (laughs) extreme stuff is hanging out in the bathroom with uh, the fucking (laughs) pilot.
1: Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny because this is the the, uh, third recording I've done with anybody, and and you guys are the first ones to acknowledge the fact that we are, in fact, sitting in a toilet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And just so anyone's listening, he's sitting on a toilet. (laughs) Yes, yes, I am on the throne. Well, it's only fitting that
1: the princess be on the throne, right? Um, all right well cool so we're gonna we're gonna get some background I actually wanted to talk to you guys specifically to get the a, a couple's perspective on uh, um, all this crazy stuff for anybody that listens that's not a skydiver and, and doesn't get into extreme sports they think we're all crazy anyway and probably think that life as a couple in this kind of thing would just not be possible so we're gonna see if we can't dive into that a little bit uh, but how about some background first so how did each of you get started uh, uh, in skydiving
0: uh, well, when I was younger, a uh, teenager, I grew up snowboarding, so I used to spend my summers in government camp in Mount Hood, Oregon, and there was one summer there, I was with some friends, we were bored one day, we were sick of snowboarding, so we decided to go skydiving, so my first skydive was next to Mount Hood, static line, Wow, which was absolutely incredible, the most beautiful scenery, it had to seen. be absolutely, so... It took me a long time to really get into the sport after that, another 10 years at least, uh, professionally, but uh, it, it was always in my heart after that. Sure. How about you?
2: Uh, kind of a story like a lot of other skydivers, that, how they started. I was going through a tough time. I was in university. I was uh, bartending, kind of going through a little bit of depression, and I had a friend, uh, Jojo Silver, mm. shout out. Uh, he said, you know what, I think you need to go skydiving and you know reevaluate your life and you know, just look at things through a different perspective. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. We'll see, we'll see how this goes. So I went and uh, did my first tandem, landed and just instantly just felt that it's where I needed to be and it's what I needed to do and I gave all my money to the drop zone. And So you're one of one the ones course.
1: that uh, made that first jump and it was truly life-changing.
2: Truly life-changing, I was, I had tears when I was land when we were coming down under canopy it was just amazing for me I,
1: it was amazing for me as well although i wasn't crying i thought i was going to throw up <laughs> <laughs> so not quite as a romantic <laughs> an ending to it i thought i was going to puke while i was giving him money for the next jump but it was just as incredible same thing for me i landed and went well fuck yeah all right i guess this is what i do now um so how long have both of you been in the sport
0: Uh, I did my first jump in 94, but I started in the sport, I believe professionally 2003 or 2004. Okay.
2: And I started in 2008, July, July 4th, 2008.
1: Nice. Nice.
0: Very cool. Well, and you guys have done quite a bit
1: since then. I mean, uh, um, you've traveled extensively and jumped all over the place and and, uh, uh, Pat, you started competing. Yes. So what, What? Uh, I mean, you, you said uh, professionally, so I'm assuming you worked as an instructor as well.
0: Well, yeah, of course, you know, old school, man. I started on the packing mat, just started doing the boogie tour. Yeah, man. You know, cruising around, doing the party thing, and worked my way through the ranks. Uh, got my ratings straight away and started heavily into the work side of it. Nice. Yeah. You know? Nice. And then, of course, you know, you find yourself doing a 1,000 jumps a, a season and traveling around, having a good time.
1: It's funny how that happens, isn't it? Yeah. You tell people that don't jump that you've got 10 or 15,000 skydives and they can't believe it. And um, I don't know if, if you're the same, but I think, well, fuck, why don't I have more? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I slacking? Because I've got friends with 20,000
0: that started three years after me. <laughs> exactly. You look back on the numbers and it's like, yeah, God, I kind of took a break here and there. And some yeah. some people push forward. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. Uh, how about you, Siobhan? Uh, have you worked in a sport?
2: Not with not actual skydiving. No, I've worked on the sales side. You know, gear store.
1: So you did the hard work.
2: Yeah, I never really wanted to work in the sport as an instructor or anything. I always thought I wanted to keep it as kind of a release, really something as a hobby. Never make it work.
1: Sure. So. Well, and I think a lot of us weekend warrior, Pat, you'll probably agree. I, I uh, um, did the same thing as you. I went straight to work and part of me, not not much, but part of me regrets it to some degree only because most of my memories deal with working in the industry. And it never, for the longest time, it wasn't just for the pure pleasure of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It comes out and basically it becomes a lot of work and then that's when you start burning out because you're working in it and then you're partying in it and then those are purely your memories. Is work in the parties and that's it sure and you forget about the importance of it It is just having a good time going out creating good moments with people and uh experiencing the other disciplines because there's so many things to do and so many things to accomplish within the sport you never stop learning that's the beauty of it absolutely
1: well and most people um think that uh, uh, there's one type of skydiving you jump out of a plane and you hopefully make it back down to the ground and you don't die and that's skydiving for most people they don't understand that there's so much more to it there are so many different levels and different things that you can do and different levels of risk and different levels of enjoyment too right for absolutely.
0: sure right and, and most people don't realize how safe it can be but yet we we can make it look as dangerous as we want but yet it's still safe absolutely it's very calculated
1: Absolutely. Well, and, and I, I've tried to explain to people in the past as well that uh, I do not discourage the uh, um, opinions that non-jumpers have of skydivers because at the end of the day, it makes us look badass. Um, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is most skydivers I know are the most safety conscious people I've ever met.
0: Yeah. What's amazing is like the biggest compliment I ever got, I had some uh, motocross freestyle riders come up to me and we were, uh, this is back in uh uh, you know, seven, eight years ago. These are professional freestyle motocross riders. And they come up to us and they say, man, you guys are crazy. <laughs> I, and I'm looking at these guys. It's like, well, you know, let me see your medical list. How many times you've been in the hospital? How many broken bones you have? It's right. like you guys are insane. But they have equal equal amount of respect for us.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Did, well, and I think know. it does kind of, it it, uh, it seems to be similar across all of the so-called extreme sports. Uh, I have a, an amazing amount of respect for hardcore surfers and rock climbers and motocross and all them, simply because I know that uh, not just the risk that's involved, but the passion that becomes involved as well, and that it's almost... Uh, it's almost out of your control at some point that you're like, fuck, this is just what I do. <laughs> I don't have a choice anymore. Right. <laughs> so you, you end up with that uh, that crossing respect for everybody, for sure. Uh, although I, I think you're right in that we're a lot more calculated safety-wise and, and, quite frankly, have a better safety record if you're staying on the normal side of skydiving. But you've you've pushed limits quite a bit.
0: Yeah, you know, I try, but uh, on the same side, especially nowadays, older, you know, at, at the end of my career, so to speak, um, I, I'm even more calculated. Like, risk is a big thing for me. Sure. And obviously, the older you get, the smaller the risk you want to take, but uh, yeah, there's different levels of, of athletes out there that either want to push it and they want to go big, but... <laughs> right. Well,
1: <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but as I get older, I realize that when something hurts... It's just gonna hurt a lot longer now. yeah getting out of beds a little slower every morning and I can I can thank skydiving for a lot of that and yeah. that's skydiving where I didn't hurt myself. That's <laughs> just normally yanking yourself uh, under a parachute and yeah same same Well now so you worked in the in the air side of it and you worked on the ground. Yeah. Uh, how many jumps collectively how many how many roughly do you have that? Uh, a little over eighteen thousand. so eighteen thousand eighteen thousand times that's that's a shitload of jumps yeah. That's, that's a shitload of jumps for a skydiver. That's an insane amount for somebody that's never jumped out of an airplane. Yeah. It really
0: is. Absolutely. But respectively, nowadays, uh, with the way things are, like, it's pretty common to find someone with ten to fifteen thousand jumps. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but uh, like when we started, it was uh, you know someone with a thousand jumps. Those guys, <laughs> right? man, they were gods, man. We looked up to them. They were the greatest thing in the world. Right. Nowadays, you know, if you're pushing ten thousand jumps, then we, you know,
1: you're starting to settle into it.
0: Get a little bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it. It's it's kind of funny. Someone will come up and say they've got a thousand jumps, and your in your almost instant response is all right, well get back to me when you got a little experience. Yeah. Siobhan <laughs> <laughs> how many jumps do you have?
2: I was just going to say, we should have just combined ours together. So, like I have more. so we have 18,800. <laughs> See, But that's still,
1: I mean, if you think about it, um, 800 times you took off in an airplane you didn't land in, that's insane. That's insane.
2: Yeah, I think I landed in a few.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, we're, let's, let's, let's let's put a tack in that one. We're going to come back to that. We're going to definitely come back to that. I want to go back to, uh, 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 Pat, you said you definitely got into the, the lifestyle, just like I did. And it becomes an all-immersive lifestyle. Uh, skydiving is not a Monday through Friday. It is a, I'm a fucking skydiver. And especially when you're working in it. And you mentioned uh, your memories become the work and the parties
0: yeah absolutely yeah because uh, that's all it was is from sun up sun down you're skydiving and at night you, you party and uh collectively on the weekends it's all you do all weekend it's a rough lifestyle I mean, right. when you're working 18 hours a day and you're partying for another four hours a night and you get up and do again the next day and then but you know at, at our age younger age we were able to do that oh yeah uh, we still had the energy to make it through the week and make it through the weekend and And it seemed like a perfectly normal thing. And it seemed like a normal thing to do. Absolutely. Well, uh,
1: obviously, I I think that the experience is probably parallel. But uh, um, if you're doing what we've done for a living for so long, the parties are not your normal everyday parties. I think (laughs) skydivers (laughs) and extreme sports people in general, but skydivers specifically, at least uh, with our experience, just go big everywhere. It's not.
0: Yeah, with anything they do. They don't do anything lightly, which is amazing. No, it's absolutely incredible.
1: Well, and uh, although I'll ask you because I've tried to figure it out, for the most part, Scott Evers get along very, very well as a collective. Um, there's Scott Evers that I don't particularly like, but I still respect them, yeah. um, and I think that seems to be sport wide as well. But I don't think I ever recall a larger group of alpha personalities getting along so well. And every Scott ever I know has to be an alpha to some degree, don't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's there's big big egos, big time narcissism. But uh, I think there's there's definitely a group of alta, alphas out there. That it's the major collective that, for the most part, they don't have the egos of the narcissism. They just they just want to be out. They want to be involved. They want to be seen, which is everyone in the sport yeah
1: absolutely absolutely well and and i completely agree with that it's it's uh, um it's the the ego seems to take a bit of a backseat i mean it's still there obviously everybody wants to think they're doing a kickass job and god forbid they're the one that that fucked up the skydive but um everybody also seems to be able to defer and it seems to be you get a group together and there's never any collective decision about who's running the show it just seems to happen
0: Right. There's, that, always, there's always a guy who steps in. That top alpha yeah. just,
1: man, and there's never any question. There's I, I don't recall ever seeing or being involved in jumping where there was a fight over who was in charge. Right. That guy was just fucking
0: running shit. But we all went through that phase. Like, I even went through that phase. I think you remember this is like the guy at the Thousand Jump Wonder. like, <laughs> that was the guy. Like, if you had a thousand jumps, that mean... <laughs> Him. Him. Yeah, he's doing it. <laughs> you got your stamps on the shoulder, like you—you you were good to go. That was the guy that knew everything. Yep. So you, you played that role. Did you ever play that role? Oh, of course I did. Yeah, I went through that phase, and I realized, you know, I was just being a dickhead. Like, for sure, I need to tone it back a little bit. And there for are sure. people out there that really know a lot more than me, and and shut up and start listening more.
1: I have a tough time picturing you as a sky god, though. And for those that don't know what that is, a sky god is the ultimate fucking asshole that just can't ever get anything wrong, even when he's
0: wrong. I I think I went through my short phase. You think? I I had a a very, very short phase. I was still trying to be humble, but there's times I did step in probably where I shouldn't have. Um, And, you know, I think about it later in life. It's like,
3: yeah,
0: maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. But we all have that in life in general, so. Yeah, fair enough.
2: But I think the thing about skydiving is it it gives you a bit of confidence, you know. I think that's the attraction of why people fell in love with it. Sure. And, And... and follow the sport, you know, with the community and the confidence that it builds you and it gives you. And so when you have these opportunities to lead somebody in a skydive, or you feel like you have all this knowledge and you want to share it. In real life situations, where is that going to happen? You know, that's not going to happen in the office or wherever, you know, normal Absolutely. people are hanging out. So it's kind of nice to be able to, to have that confidence and to, to sure. share it with people. Sure. You know, even if it does sometimes get a little big-headed and give you a little bit of an ego. But, you know, we all go through those stages. Well, yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, especially in the sport, especially nowadays, there's so many people that have gotten into it and so many people that are coming up in the sport that are looking for someone to give them exactly that. And there's always someone willing to, (laughs) oh, here, come here, I'll help (laughs) you out. Which is actually one of the cool things in the sport because I remember there was a time in my career where I would see the hardcore four-way and eight-way teams training that wanted nothing to do with anyone. And these were people that revered them, and they're getting blown off, and and uh, that seemed to be a relatively short phase because a lot of those people that wouldn't give back to the community didn't seem to do so well. Um, if you didn't, if you weren't willing to teach and you weren't willing to give back and you didn't enjoy it, you seemed to get ostracized pretty quick. Um, and everybody goes through their phase for sure, but it usually is a pretty quick phase because uh, the whole sky god thing doesn't seem to last too long with people.
2: Yeah, and I mean skydiving is not really a solo sport. No. So no, you need no, community, it, you know? it gets
1: awful boring. Well, and, and I don't know about you, but I discovered long after the jumping wasn't boring, but it was um, mostly predictable. Long after I knew what was coming in a skydive, what kept me so engaged in the sport was the community of it. Mm-hmm. It was much more the people. And I think that's whole, the whole... Uh, um, Band of Brothers mentality, maybe? Yeah, yeah. You know, you do yeah. a bunch of really stupid shit, dangerous shit, day after day with the same group of people, and those people mean a lot to you just because they're doing the same stupid shit you are. And it does mean a lot. At least I think so.
0: Yeah, and it's the beauty of it, is like hopefully you have friends out there that if you're doing stupid shit, they're gonna come up and smack you in the face a couple times and say, "Hey, you're doing stupid shit." Absolutely, that's that's your job. That's the beauty about the community. Absolutely. But I think you know where I started kind of losing that Scott God mentality is I started looking at the the older school uh, generation, the people I looked up to, the legends. That were so free with their information. You didn't have to pay them. You just went up and had a friendly conversation with them. They were free with all their information. Sure. Of course, they wouldn't give you all the details, but they would help you out no matter what. Absolutely. These, this is why they are legends. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if they're the greatest guy in the world or. Did you
1: have a big time specific mentor, or was it a bunch of people?
0: Uh, I was. You know, fortunately in Utah, we we actually had a big group of people come out of out of that place that, that were all legendary you know you got War King you got uh, Axel Zoman Axel and Yoko mm. Axis 21 um, you know Kai Kai came from there Palmer came from there <laughs> <laughs> yeah just got Plammer aka Plammer and you know Timmy McMaster is like there's so many legends that came out of there which was nice we all grew up at the same time and sure um, everybody was able to make their way in the world and they did a great job but uh, Yeah, there was just a lot of motivation and a lot of legendary natural skill and good attitude, so. Sure. Yeah, I'm very stoked about that.
1: Now, Siobhan, what was your home drop zone?
2: I started in Ogden, Utah, as well, but only a few months, and then we moved to Arizona. So I consider Arizona my my home drop zone. Okay. Yeah, it's of Arizona.
1: That's a hell of a drop zone.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: I, I did my uh, AFF instructor course there it's really the only time I did any amount of jumping there and I was so fucking freaked out the entire time I didn't really get to enjoy it Why was that? Billy Rhodes did my course and Billy Rhodes was <laughs> fuck me for those that don't know the AFF instructor course still is probably the most difficult rating it Scott having to get but at the time Billy Rhodes was one of the few examiners that was allowed to give instructors ratings and he had a very old school mentality um, he didn't like giving the ratings out he actually liked failing people and when i met him i walked up to him and hey mr rhodes it's really nice to meet you and he's this big bear of a guy with this really slow southern drawl and he's all how you doing and, very nice to yeah i'm doing good it's nice to meet you i'm really excited about the course he's like, i don't recall seeing you in my pre-course and i'm like well no i wasn't able to make it i was stuck for work you know it's been kind of crazy He's all huh i've never actually passed anybody that didn't do my pre-course <laughs> And then he just nodded to me and walked away. Fuck me. (laughs) Welcome to your AFF course. Good luck. Yeah. Well, and and that rating, my entire job in Cross Keys hinged on my getting that rating. So it was a pass or fail, go to your job or you're fucked. Um, So, wow, talk about some pressure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's pretty much thinking, thanks for your money. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's
1: all, well, yeah, I'm getting paid no matter what. So, But, yeah, Eloy, I mean, that's famous for some of the most uh, intense hardcore jumping in the world.
2: And parties. yeah, And, and <laughs> parties. And parties. So I'm better on the party side than the skydiving side back then. Nice, so. nice. Well, so what's
1: your experience with the party stuff? I mean, it used to get pretty out of control out there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it did. I I was one of those that, you know, I'd do a few skydives here and there on the weekend. I was a teacher. I didn't make a lot of money, so it was tough for me to jump. So do a few skydives, and then I would be the one out, you know, closing the bar and out all night. And, awesome. But it was really cool. I think uh, I really enjoyed growing up and, and skydiving there mm. because sitting around with so many people um, even though I wasn't getting coaching from the professionals or out there jumping as much and getting the numbers up just listening to the stories and experience mm. I think I really gained so much just by listening and it was just it's, it was a cool time when I was out there and um, so many legends uh, you know great time and it's a good place to be it was good to, to listen to everybody and them to talk about you know what they got what they valued in skydiving what they see is important you know what they view as what big safety things that people need to focus on and you know we sit around beers over the campfire listening to this kind of stuff and you didn't need to read any kind of article or go to a safety meeting or whatever it just it came very naturally sure you know, and I, I really enjoyed that
1: well it's it seems to me uh and it's something that hasn't changed in skydiving at all is we seem to be if you spend any time in the sport very easy and open with talking about the stuff that people don't generally want to talk about. Um, when there's something bad happens, when it's a, an accident or, or god forbid a fatality, something along those lines, we're the first ones to talk about it because at the end of the day, the difference between them and us is knowledge
3: mm-hmm.
1: and knowing. And, it, uh, and beside the fact that we end up with a bit of a warped sense of humor, which you kind of have to have after a bunch of years in the sport, um, you uh, you end up being able to pass on, in slightly fucked up ways, all the ways to keep yourself safe. Uh, and part of the way to do that is to tell the stories of the people that did it wrong. Um, so those bonfire conversations that sometimes turn awfully dark are probably the most valuable conversations I've ever listened into. And I've had the opportunity to be the one that's involved in that conversation now. Unfortunately, we all have. Um, but they're they're tough lessons to learn, but they're good lessons to learn. I think that's probably one of the reasons that Scott Evers live life so fully, because if you've been in the sport for any length of time,
0: you've lost somebody. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You realize how fragile it is, and we lose brothers and sisters all the time, and the greatest thing about our community is so large,
1: Mm.
3: but
0: being so large is we are going to be affected by uh, people more so. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Obviously, people lose brothers, sisters, you know, uncles, family, you know, and with the small community you know the effect obviously goes out but with the, with our community it goes out worldwide oh yeah instantly oh yeah um, yeah which is pretty
1: hard. but then but there's
2: there's that impact of an even even bigger support group as and well you know when that happens support you have all the same that. side yeah absolutely. for sure you up and, yeah. yeah
1: absolutely absolutely and yeah. it's a um it's a horrible thing when you uh, see a facebook post from a friend that's nothing but a black screen because you know what it means yeah um and eventually the story will come out, but all of us are also, um, we've been in it long enough to know, all right, step back, give them space. And eventually they're going to come to us and we're going to find out what's going on. And, and uh, generally I find that when something bad has happened worldwide, uh, and you find out via the internet, all anybody wants to know is who was this person? I don't care what happened. I want to know, is it one of mine or is there somebody I need to call to comfort?
3: Yeah. Great.
1: Which oh, is exactly.
0: really fucking cool. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know another thing too is uh, are they getting the details out there correctly out in the media? Like, mm-hmm. and that's that's, that's know the biggest, that biggest problem with us. Yeah. You know, oh. Once the media, <laughs> and that's with anything the media gets a hold of, they you know blow it up and I, I hate to, big to <laughs> I hate
1: to use this statement in today's society, but fake fucking news, man. Yeah, oh, fake fucking news. Man. Especially now,
0: everybody's looking for clicks, man. So they'll, you know, and that's that's one thing I hate about the community that I've, I've noticed a lot is some people will leech on to uh, our, uh, I would say, emotions, especially when we're going through those hard times when mm. something happens. A lot of people leech on to that. And sure. They, they, they try to to get attention from that. That's, I think that's my biggest pet peeve with uh, yeah, things happening that. now. Yeah. They make it about them instead of, you know, the family. And the people oh, I completely so agree.
1: Happy, so. I actually yeah. wrote, wrote an article about uh, the phrase uh, Blue Skies, Black Death. And mm-hmm. uh, somebody had posted something on uh, the Blue Skies website about uh, how they hated the phrase and they'd never used it. They thought it was bullshit. And the article that I wrote quoted the original meaning behind it and what Blue Skies Black Death meant. And what it means, Blue Skies means it's a a tribute to that person that we lost. And Black Death is a warning to those of us that are still here to be careful. And they said that uh, it was a bullshit phrase because people just use it all willy-nilly. And in that, I did not disagree because there's a lot of people that will just post a BSBD on their Facebook page for someone they didn't even know. And that's fucking bullshit because yeah. that's, hey, somebody asked me, I want attention <clears throat> because somebody I don't know that you know died. Well, that's some bullshit. Yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer in this, the phrase, blue guys black death. Obviously, I've got uh, BSBD tattooed on my arm, but uh, um, for very personal and very specific reasons. Um, so yeah, in that, I completely agree. When people do that shit, it just pisses me off.
0: Yeah, for sure. So if anyone's listening right now, if you've done it or you have done it, stop. <laughs> stop doing it. fucking doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have respect.
2: Yeah. What you can do is think about that person. If you know them, then you know give them a little private message and buzz them and just see how they're doing. If you know you were close to the person that passed away. Well, at
0: the end of the
1: day, if you don't have the contact information of the person you should be consoling, you probably shouldn't be consoling them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. it. Chances are they don't care about a random yeah. Facebook message from somebody no, they don't know. No,
3: that's yeah, I mean, not ch-
2: it... chalk it up to a sad day in skydiving, and you know. And leave it at that and let the people that need to and more. Absolutely. exactly.
0: Get the details, find out what happened, and we learn from the mistakes. Yeah. Or if not, you know, learn from happened.
1: it and keep it from happening to you or any of yours. Exactly. Now, that being said, obviously, loss is a big part of the sport. So a lot of people are going to ask, why keep doing it? Why, why do you jump out of an airplane when you've lost really close people and continue to? And it's it's not even a doubt. The three of us are sitting right here, and there's no doubt in my mind that in the future we will absolutely lose more people that are close to us jumping out of
0: airplanes. So why do we keep doing it? Well, why live? You lose family members, you know, throughout your life. Sure. Why not? Why, why keep living then if your family members are going to keep dying?
3: Why keep sending people to war?
0: People are going to keep dying. Like, why, why do anything? It's like we live very... Fast-paced, strong, healthy uh, community, strong life. Sure. And I think that keeps us motivated. And not only that, you—it's a sport that you can never stop learning.
1: No. Well, Ever. it's. The fact of the matter is, bottom line is, it's really fucking fun. Yeah. It's really fun, and if you start denying yourself—and believe me, I agree with you—if you start denying yourself the things that you find fun in your life, then you're already dead.
3: Yeah, it's exactly. already over.
1: We know a lot of dead people that are still walking around breathing. I'd say a, a fair amount of the people out there are just dead men walking and they don't know it yeah. because they're too wrapped up in what's what they're going to binge watch on fucking Netflix in between 10-hour <laughs> workdays, right? Don't get me wrong. I binge we, watch Netflix got too. too. Yeah. <laughs> but we get the best of both worlds because I get to do all that shit with a glass of red wine after I made 10 jumps. or I went flying for fucking six or seven
0: hours. For in the sure. Day. That's how we detox. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. 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 That's, that's our dipping toes into normal life, so to speak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. feel like a normal human being. Right. So y- you both uh, um, came up and both found the party life to some degree. And where did you guys end up meeting?
0: What's well, funny. She was mentioned when she came out for her first tandem. <sighs> Um, I was actually out smoking a cigarette, not on the bench, you know, out front, and my buddy Jojo, what's up, Jojo? Uh, he walks up with his chick. I was like, oh, well, pretty hot. Kind of give her a go over, you know, checking her out. And he walks <laughs> up and goes, hey, you want to jump with my friend? I look at her and go, no, she's not hot enough. Continue on, on my phone, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> totally blew her off. <laughs> oh, Just so you know, is I absolutely thought she was smoking hot. but. Uh. Uh, he, he claimed her for himself. So I was trying to be the good guy, <laughs> the good friend, and be like, and keep her out of my visual. Cause, uh,
3: we uh, do that, don't we? Yeah. We do that. Oh, I got the new one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She but was which the- is
2: funny because when he said that to me, I was just kind of in my head, I was like, oh, I like this guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? Is, all right. That's my type right there. Completely <laughs> off skydiving. Why the fuck does that stuff work? Why is it if you're just a douchebag and you blow someone off and you learn to say no to a woman? Why does that work?
2: I think I mean I was I was a lot younger I was probably at the peak of my fitness I you know I I was getting I was bartending so you knew
1: you were hot I was getting hit on
2: all the time (laughs) super hot I was getting hit on all the time and it's just like oh okay come on at least come up with something good and then you know it's good to have a little somebody that's not a guy that's not going to try to you know just say whatever he can to get into your pants sure you know sure play hard to get you know I just I did that
0: on the first date. After that. Nice. Then I said, and then I said whatever. Well, yeah, I then you give up on it. Then I you give up on it. I was
1: begging. Uh, uh, I actually said to my girlfriend uh, just the other day, I'm like, you really like it when I say no to you, don't you? And she, first she didn't answer, and then she went, yeah, I kind of like that. I'm like, all right, cool. Girls right.
2: like the chase as well, you know? It's yeah. it's, it's good to see because, you know, I mean, depending on, I mean, I guess it depends on your age and when you're, you know, going through the dating scene and whatnot, but when I was, you know, in university age, in my mid-twenties, you go and, you know, some guy hits on you and then you watch him go hit on four of girls and you're like, oh, come on. Right. On. He's you just know? playing what's, the numbers. What's the point? You know, I'm not going <laughs> to give him time of day, but. Sure. If you have to put in the effort. Sure. You know, and Pat was, he was, he was kind of the quiet, well, not really the quiet guy, his patches. But he was, he was not the one going out, hitting really, hitting on girls really loud. And I think that's what I was attracted to is he was kind of the quiet one, the corner. I'd always, like, go bum a smoke from home and be like, hey, what's up? So the blowing her off worked.
1: <laughs>
3: the you blowing her out. off worked. The hardest,
0: the hardest part about it is I had to fight off the 10 other dudes that were surrounding her at all point. <laughs> right. Thinking, I'm her protective. I'm sure. going to eventually be her boyfriend one day. She will see. I sure. am the guy. Sure. That, that was the hardest part of our relationship.
1: Well, um, I talked to Junior uh, last time around, and, and uh, one of the things that came up was the the old joke. It's not your. Uh, you didn't lose your girl. You just lost your turn. Gosh, so that's the mentality that a lot of us had on the drop zones back in the day was, I cannot fucking look away from this girl because if I do, she's gone. I lost my turn. So I completely understand. Well, so how would you get away from the other 10?
0: Uh, uh, well,
1: maybe I should I ask never, her how do you get you away from the other time? the
2: other I always, I always had a guy friends and I had a whole group of guy a gaggle of guy friends so you had a bunch of guys that wanted to sleep with you that you <laughs> I, called friends I need to honestly say I need yeah, to yeah, honestly exactly. say, right. right. honestly
0: say are, she was very very naive about it she is a very <laughs> trusting loving person yeah they're, they're my friends are, they are still my friends they all are wanted to fuck you <laughs> they are all great guys honestly every one of them and I, I'm still I'm friends I, I hope so but uh, they're all great guys and it, we just had to get past this is like hey you know i mean well for her sure i know you want to date her i knew that as a man it's like sure. i could see it it was obvious she didn't see it but eventually once she kind of saw it she went
3: oh sure uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> they will well, give you and then the, blessing. the, and the, and the they were like like once brothers. i got the There's blessing like a group it was good. Of
2: brothers, you know they all kind of looked yeah. out for me as well and boy as a shit yes and no Yes, yes, <laughs> and no. Because that's that does creepy if you think about it. When you're dating somebody that's on the
1: drop zone, you do kind of eventually get that respect of all right, yeah, she's with you. As long as you know, I still want to fuck her. Yeah, but I'm not gonna try anymore. And that's kind of what it becomes: yeah. is a, all right, yeah, I got my gun, but I'm not gonna shoot anybody.
2: Well, and I think Just it was yet.
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> because
2: it was it was my it was like my crew up in in Logan, and you know when i started skydiving i kind of was like breaking away from the crew and i was going down and hanging out with this new people and partying and skydiving and they're like what's so cool about this lifestyle and it's it, you know and i'm happy that we're i'm still really good friends with a lot of them but i could see and i have seen a lot of people once you start skydiving you kind of lose those most of them friends yeah most of them yeah you do because life changes and I, luckily enough i'm still good friends with a lot of them and they've they're not essentially skydivers, but they've come and hang out in the drop zone sure. and enjoyed it and kind of see what I see about it. But um, I think that was a, a thing, too. When I started skydiving, a lot of my friends were kind of jealous and were wondering what what was this new thing that was well, it's a very very attention.
1: It's a very romantic, powerful lifestyle. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, if you can step back and look at it for what it is... We got a really cool looking lifestyle. I mean, it's uh, one of the, the um, things that scared me the most about the first time that I took my kid to a drop zone was that she was going to think it was as cool as I did.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, no,
1: fuck, she's going to think it's just How old as cool, is she now? and she's t- almost twenty two now. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> bad place. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> danger. Luckily, she's nothing like dad, so it's perfect. Nah, but, it's but, perfect.
0: She learned from Papa. <laughs>
2: what I remember about you know my first got up as well is I was hanging out with the crew going to some of the parties, and, and that's what really, it was the community side that really got me, because I've always been very community-oriented, Sure. and, you know, I, I partied a lot, I, I bartended for a long time, there was a big, strong crew of us that, you know, we were really close, we partied, we'd run the shop at the bar, and there was just something different about the skydiving community, and I, I didn't know what it was, but I remember going to my first few parties, and just feeling like I'd found a group of people that finally got it. Mm. And maybe it was because of um, dealing with death in their lives and the dark side that people don't admit, but it's there. And I I don't know what it was, but that's what really, I remember feeling, wow, I found people that like to party as hard as I do, play as hard as I do, and really understand some of these feelings that I I feel sometimes. I can't talk with my other friends. And so... It's, it was really cool. That's what, that's what got my hand. Sure.
1: It. Well, at the end of the day, I think that uh, um, they're more genuine because it comes from yeah. a place of, of hard-learned lessons. Yeah. So you've got, I mean, there's people that party all over the world, absolutely, and I'm sure they have an absolute blast, but most of them are putting on airs. Yeah. They're they're painting that face, and they're going out and pretending to be this person, and skydivers don't do that. We just don't have the energy left to pretend. And at the end of the day, when you deal with fear and death and and overcoming other people's fear on a daily basis. You just don't have time for bullshit on the ground. The mask comes off. Well, it cuts out. All the PC bullshit goes away, and you see people for who they really are. And I discovered a long time ago that I loved the sport because... You think I'm an asshole and you like me, or you think I'm an asshole but you don't like me, fine. as You see me for who I am. I'm happy being an asshole. I'm that guy, and I'm fine with that. So what that tells me is the people that choose to be around me accept me for exactly who I am. And I don't think most people get to have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing experience. Acceptance,
0: yeah. I think that's the key word in this whole thing, community and acceptance. Absolutely. You are who you are. Maybe we like it. Maybe we don't. But yeah. will accept you. Yeah. I'd
1: rather be disliked for who I am than liked for who I'm not. Absolutely. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's what it comes down to. So you guys get together. You're a couple. And where does it go from there? I mean, you're you're in Arizona. And then you start – do you stay in Arizona? You start traveling? You start bouncing around?
0: Well, I, I swept her off her feet. Yeah, uh, we hit it Three months, we had <laughs> Big, fast, hard. Just, just like you do. Sure. Fast. Three months later, she graduated college. I moved down to Arizona, found us a house. When she graduated, I came back up to Utah, where we lived. I grabbed her up, drove her down to Arizona. Awesome. Of course her friends running. and family are all freaking out. Yeah. Family. Losing their shit.
2: You barely know this guy. <laughs> you know
0: this guy for three months. <laughs> right. Where are
2: you and going? Like, and yeah, totally he's He's cool.
1: dragging you <laughs> <laughs> to the middle of the fucking desert in Arizona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to to a trailer in a bar and a
0: grass strip.
2: <laughs> and I actually had, never felt more natural than this, anything I've this ever done. This is how before. I got
0: away from all the dudes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I never told anyone the plan, but was like
0: this was the real no plan. I'm just gonna move you an
1: entire state over here. Nice, nice. Um, so, how long were you guys in Arizona for? Uh,
2: three years. Just over three years. Yeah. And then, I was there for a
0: little bit longer, but then... Yeah. Yeah, and I came out here first, uh, just to check it out, to an unknown location. <laughs> <laughs> so, traveling abroad no overseas. Traveling abroad. So, we, uh, we moved away after that, and I moved away first, checked out location, and then brought her over, and...
2: Yeah, we've been out of the States for seven years. Seven years now. It's going to be a year.
0: It goes
1: awful fast, doesn't it's it? was
2: like, oh, let's, let's try a year. Yeah. And going on seven.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been mainland. I haven't lived mainland U.S. in almost nine years.
0: It's crazy thinking about going back,
3: huh? Oh, Ever? it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, it's so it's fast. it's uh, um. And barring all the craziness that's going on there, there's, it's such a big world. And, again, the community that we have is so worldwide that you guys are exactly like me. I've got a couch in every country in the world to go sleep on there's not a single country i can't go to including fucking nepal for Christ's sakes where i can find a couch to flop on because somebody jumped out of an airplane and i'm friends on facebook with them which is awesome yeah it's really really cool you know and it just keeps growing and growing and growing
0: yeah all those facebook haters oh no man i'll tell you what (laughs) give it up stop your political shit and keep it for what it is friendly and fun Say what friends. you will
1: about Facebook, but the fact of the matter is, especially for those of us that are, are traveling quite a lot or living abroad, it has been the only link I've had to so many friends and reconnection oh, yeah. to so many friends. Fucking Mark Zuckerberg, sell my data. I don't give a fuck. Who really yeah. wants to know what I do <laughs> anyway? I for Christ's sake, that's. I mean, come on. When they when they come out with your 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 camera on your computers watching you who the fuck wants to watch a middle-aged man masturbating anymore? <laughs> exactly
0: watch me jerk off yeah head. it's fine here you go here's
1: an average-sized dick jerking off to average porn it's fine i don't care if it allows me to live in touch with all these amazing people then who fucking cares yeah it's it good is.
2: it's good to see what nothing's people for free in life right
1: no no if that's a small price to pay that's a real small price to pay
0: literally
1: yep yeah, yep yeah, absolutely <laughs> So, uh, how about jumping together? I mean, uh, you're a couple, so y- you both took the skydiving. <laughs> do you guys do much jumping together?
0: No, no, we don't. Um, you know, I was I was very clear in the beginning,
3: like <laughs> <laughs> stay the fuck. <laughs> and out of most of you gonna <laughs>
0: understand this. Is like I was very clear in the beginning. Is normally when uh, a skydiver hooks up with a chick and she's younger, jump numbers, it becomes coaching and expectations. Da, da, da. I was very clear with her in the beginning. That's not what this is gonna be. Right. You're gonna do it just like I did. You're gonna go out, find your friends, you're gonna do it on your own. You're gonna learn the hard way, listen to the stories. Earn it. Earn it. Pay for the coaching and do it the hard way.
2: But that's but that's how I wanted to do it anyway. I mean I've gone I've done a lot of sports in my life and that's my way of doing things is doing all yeah. my own, independent, mm. and like you best get more enjoyment it. from it. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, you really absolutely. Well, and
1: from an outsider's perspective, that is seeing those girlfriends that latch on to the ones that know their shit. You never have that level of respect for a guy or girl because I've seen the opposite as well. A low time male jumper hooking up with an amazing female flyer to learn everything he can, and then he's asta. I'm a badass flyer now, and now he's got pro hoes everywhere. Yeah. You know, so same yeah. damn thing. It goes either way. And you just never have that level of respect for somebody that went out and just grinded it out.
2: Yeah. Or, or didn't grind out and just, you know, I'm, I'm a fair weather jumper. You know, I have, a, I have 800 skydives in 10 years and I think, you know, I've had so many people come to me and be like, Oh, when are you going to start swooping? You know, cause Pat's a swooper, And you know, I think, you know, I, I'm not Pat. Mm. I, have, I have so many other loves in my life and fitness sure. and so many other things I do And I enjoy that. And, you know, skydiving is not my first and foremost, and it shouldn't be. And so I think by association, a lot of people think I'm supposed to be this badass skydiver. And I kind of like that I'm not because I'm like, I'm a badass in another way. You know, that's it's more of his sport than mine. I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it's amazing the looks on people's faces when I tell them is like, I will not coach her. I absolutely refuse. And they're just in shock and awe that sure. I would do that to my woman, my wife, <laughs> my lady of ten years. It's just right. like right. you just don't understand. That's how it goes. But yeah, I think we have a better respect for each other because uh, everybody who's been through this knows teaching your spouse or a significant other is insane. You it's don't do it. Fucking you don't hard fucking
2: work. Do it. No, and, and I wouldn't expect for him to want to go do a Scott. I mean, we do we do some fun jumps here and there, and sure. when we do, they're really fun. They're very just random when we travel and something sure. jumps. It's it's really good to be in the sky with him. Like I love it. But as far as day to day jumping and going out and doing stuff together, I wouldn't expect him to want to go skydive with me at my level when he's a, you know, world record holder, a badass. But the same thing. I would never ask him to go running with me. Sure. Because mm-hmm. he would have a horrible time, and I'd have a horrible time waiting. You'd have a fucking know. heart attack. What she are you talking called, about?
0: She'd be calling the ambulance <laughs> before we get to the first I mean, kilometer. Come like, on, you know?
2: let's go. Like we're waiting for him. Yeah? Sure. So it's,
0: sure. It's, it's Actually, good. she would call the ambulance for me and then continue running. You yeah, just <laughs> <Like> dial ni-
1: <laughs> nine. Well, if you're in the states, dial nine one one and then run with your thumb over the sun right, button. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Which, well, which, I would do the same. he would be like, see you. You know. Yeah. Fair enough. Habit. Well, so
1: you're both skydivers as well, and, and especially him being a little bit more on the hardcore side of it. How do you guys deal with the, the the risk of it all? I mean, at the end of the day, we're pretty eyes wide open about the fact that this shit's dangerous. So have you guys like sat down and never talked about, all right, um, this is some risky shit that we do. This is how I feel about it. Or is it just that almost unspoken between skydivers thing where you just
0: kind of give each other the look like,
1: fucking watch your
2: ass because you need to be here tomorrow. <laughs> I think it's
0: no, it's, it's, we've we've had the discussion yeah, we, we know we know what's expected of each other if something were to happen. Mm. Um, I kind of wheel stuff. we don't have a wheel, but uh,
2: yeah we know, but
0: we, we know what to do, what to expect, but yes, when I first started traveling a lot, she wasn't very accepted of it mm. well, she, it's she the hated.
2: swooping, you know it's it's a lot different than. You know, when you're free flying and doing some other stuff, when you started swooping, it it really worried me because it is, you know, it's the next level and it's it's really dangerous. And there was, there was conversation. When I I send her videos, be crashing. and I'm just like, oh, geez, that's not helping. Like hardcore (laughs) crash, not just like you (laughs) bounce
1: a little bit, like.
2: And and you know You seem like a pretty sharp
1: guy until you told me you did that. What the fuck?
2: <laughs> non nonchalant, like, oh that's it's okay. It's like what happens and I'm like, Ah, that's what happens. Oh, okay. No. But I think I think and we had the discussion, you know, once, you know, we got married, we've been together for a very long time, but I think once there's somebody else in your life and you kind of reevaluate and I know for you, you you kind of took a step back. You were pushing it hard and when you were swooping and you admitted you're not in your younger days, and you always told me that you know when you're competing, you were you'd always take it pretty, pretty even keel. Like you weren't yeah. pushing uh, a
1: little bit more conservative. Be, you're not 21
2: like, again. You're I'm, not gonna.
0: Honestly, when I started really touring with uh, the team in the unknown location,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wasn't an older age. Yeah, you know it. it took me a lot to catch up to the the top professionals in the sport and we went hard and we went fast um, we did it but uh at some point all of us go through the stage it's like sure. you know injuries sure it, it's long yeah. recovery time and sure. you start thinking about the end game you start thinking about
1: shit starts creeping in that adulting yeah. shit starts uh, yeah. sneaks right. up on you for sure yeah so we've so,
0: always been honest with yeah. you, with each other it, it, as
1: well, far and as, it's, as
2: what the happens the day, i always knew that you know he i knew he would be conservative i knew that he wasn't going to be pushing it and doing anything stupid sure and if something did happen you know in the back of my head i've always known that i think what a lot of us know when this sport is if it happens sure it's you know it's it's what he loves. I, I mean, mean, yeah, I hate it, to use the, the old it. phrase, they yeah. died doing what yeah. they love,
1: but at the end of the day, it's true. It's I mean, true. I'm guessing the last fucking 30 seconds is not, I'm not in love with that situation, but the you can't take, for me, 23 years yeah. of a passion for something and it's worth the, the end game, for sure.
2: And I would never say, oh, don't go and do something sure. that you love because sure. a risk. Because, well, you
1: know. And I mean, I had, uh, my, my bridge too far was base jumping when I knew I was going to be a dad. Uh, for Junior, his bridge too far was backing down off of some of the hardcore base jumps because he's now a husband. Yeah. Um, so I think the common denominator seems to be, at least for a few people anyway, when someone else is involved. And yeah. uh, there's no right or wrong in it. There's other people that don't. And uh, unfortunately, we have close friends that we've lost along the way who were in situations like you, um, um, the late, great Micah Couch being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was also something that I can't. Think anything other than was completely understood by both him and his wife. I mean, they were both very passionate about the exact same thing and they, they knew what they were doing and they knew what they were walking into and you could see that in her just in the strength after he had passed in knowing that part of why she was doing as well as she was and as strong as she was was because she knew exactly why he had this passion. I don't think that that could survive. I don't think a couple that doesn't don't both have that same passion could survive it
2: yeah I, I think and that's the bond between couples that do a sport like this it's, yeah it's that knowing and acceptance
1: absolutely well and, and and even if you're not jumping together you you understand so the mentality is there yeah but you guys do i mean you've done a fair amount of of risky things together you guys also did something really fun together you uh, you were in a you were in a plane crash <laughs> together, weren't you?
2: Oh yeah, oh, that yeah, that. the one time we decided to go jump together. Ah, let's is, go jump why, together. This is one of those times we're like, let's go skydiving. Yeah, that's why you shouldn't
1: fucking jump <laughs> oh, together. Let's go skydive. All right, so so <laughs> I don't know too. Actually, I know all the details, but I'm going to let you tell all the details. So you guys were in a fucking plane <laughs> crash together, and it was a pretty gnarly plane crash. Yeah, yeah. So what happened?
0: <laughs> what happened? Well. <laughs>
2: That was such an interesting day. The the entire day. Let me let me just first say, it was just insane.
0: That morning, I woke up at 3:30 in the morning. I couldn't go back to sleep. Seriously, like like, I woke up out of bed and I really felt something was wrong. True Mm. in my heart, like you you get that feeling. Sure. Deep deep down, I was like something is wrong with my family. My grandma was getting older and she was having health problems. So I thought my grandma was dead. Mm. That's it. So I started writing my family, emailing them, da, 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 something's wrong, what's going on, da, 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 ah, everything's great here. <laughs> okay, great.
2: And you thought, oh, maybe I'm just jet-lagged, but you were having an anxiety. I was cause.
0: having anxiety that entire morning, and then, you know, okay, we're still going to go jump. Let's go calm down by
1: jumping out of it. Yeah. The yeah let's,
2: <laughs> like, let's just go do a skydive. Let's go do a skydive. Out.
0: Like, have fun for the day. Man. You know, we're driving to the drop zone, and of course, we're flying up, or driving up, and... We see the plane we come the plane. in, we're just like, ah, oh, oh, not that plane, that plane. plane. <laughs> that
2: plane. <laughs> we both did say that at the Honestly, same time. we're looking As at the we're plane going, up, we're like, oh, that not plane's that there today. that plane.
0: Uh, not that it was classically known for mechanical failure, but it was just.
2: We're spoiled. It just, we're spoiled. Wasn't, it just wasn't the plane you wanted. Yeah. So
1: you were used to multi engine airplanes and this was a single engine? Yeah. Exactly. So it was the slow boat to the top. The slow yeah. boat. Well, right.
3: yeah,
0: you know, not a lot of leg room. You know, it was uh, economy class. Wasn't yeah. It? yeah, 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 yeah fair <laughs> enough. We're used to <laughs> we're spoiled. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, we, I mean, we showed up late day. And it was uh, low three in the day. low, yeah, three, low three. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, it happened to be. Myself, my wife, uh, and pretty much half the plane of uh, friends. Of uh, friends.
2: Of uh, friends that a lot of close them friends don't close jump friends. a lot. You know, there's some other people in there that, you know, it was like everybody kind of joked, oh, you guys are getting on the plane, you know, me and one of my girlfriends, because we don't, it's kind of a lot. Right. We're, we're busy working, and they're like, oh, how are you guys doing jumping? And, you
0: know. Yeah, it right. was it was a rarity. It's probably like maybe the second or third time that we'd ever try to jump together. But, yeah, anyway, so you you want me to go on the full Yeah, details yeah, yeah, yeah of, please, okay. please. Detail. All right. (laughs) So, uh, take off, normal. Uh, Get up to 1,500 feet, which is pretty much standard for seatbelts off. Sure. Uh, Seatbelts off, helmets off. Open the door. Blah, blah, blah. Everybody move about the aircraft. Enjoy your leg space. At, uh, I believe, 2,700 Mm -hmm. was the official call-in somewhere around there. Kind of the May day. We had a catastrophic engine failure. So, big boom.
2: It was a sound that everybody on the plane, That there was a few people that were inex- inexperienced on the plane, but everybody else, after that sound, everybody looked at each other <laughs> and just went.
0: What the Ugh. fuck? It yeah. was
2: like we knew. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a crunch and a grind, so it, you knew something bad was happening. And personally, I look back to the pilot, and as soon as I saw the prop just dead, center in front of the window of the pilot I knew it was bad it, it's it's an emergency I've seen and heard before uh, I knew it was pretty bad but uh, yeah everybody starts going kind of through their emergency emergency procedures it was kind of chaos in the sure uh, in the fuselage I think of a lot course, of us thought
2: we were gonna be able to jump out
0: a lot of us thought we we're gonna be able to jump out but we're all looking at the pilot and you know a pilot it was made job but unfortunately, he was so busy trying to save our lives. Mm.
1: He couldn't give instructions. He wasn't giving
0: know. any instructions. So it was up to us to make our own decisions in the back, which uh, fortunately we all made the right decision. Uh, the prop did not feather. Mm. And so it put the plane in, well, in you a
1: weird
3: did. you so
1: for for those that don't know um with propellers well with airplanes in general so a propeller not being feathered imagine you've you're driving down the freeway and you stick your hand out of the the car and you're holding your palm flat against the wind and it wants to blow your arm all the way back but if you turn your arm like a karate chop uh, it makes it go nice and smooth well when an engine fails that's what you want the propeller to do because it allows that plane to glide and then the wings do their job In this particular case, that uh, propeller stopped flat like that palm out in the wind, which is not good for a flying airplane. Uh, What that means is that the pilot's got to aim the nose almost straight to the ground just to keep up enough speed for the wings to create lift and it keep flying, which sounds unnatural, shit, I've got to aim this plane at the ground to keep flying, but that's exactly what he had to do. That was
2: amazing. There was some discussion about jumping, um, but it's amazing how quickly... There was no time. I don't think I've ever been more altitude aware in any mm. skydive than I was. Yeah, time. the thing is,
0: you know, the, the malfunction happened at 2,700 feet. By the time we're looking at the pilot for any kind of communication, it was 1,700 feet. Mm. So just in that time of looking at each other in awe, we would already yeah. dropped 1,000 feet. Sure. Um, so by, by the time this happened, of course, he's got the nose pointed at the ground. And some people were really panicked and wanted to get towards the door and get out, which, you know, I, I can see, you know, self-reserve. Sure. Get out. Sure. It's all about me, my life, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, a lot of people need to think about that. It's like save yourself, kill kill everyone else. Sure. You know, I, I absolutely think we made the right decision. Everybody yeah. sat down. Everybody got their seatbelts on. Got seatbelts on. Uh and let the pilot do do his job, because if everyone would have started jumping out of the back, it would have threw off the balance of the aircraft and oh, yeah. probably killed everybody in the airplane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe that a few, make it would, have out. Maybe a few would have survived. Maybe a few Somebody
2: probably would have hit the tail. You know,
1: it, yeah. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt that had uh, had that load started bailing out, at least a few people would have died, if not everybody. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, but I love
0: reading the port where it says, unsurvivable. Right. And here you are. <laughs> here and here you are. are. Well, and, right. and
1: uh, the happy end of the story is that uh, um, with— yeah, all 15 people walked, away. walked uh, away, didn't limp, they walked away. A few mm-hmm. bumps and bruises here, and, and the pilot sustained a bit of a gash on his head, but still had, uh, had a smile on his face. Uh, I actually happened to be able to meet up with you guys in the hospital.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, after that, it all happened. And I told you then, and I'll tell you again now, because I know for a fact you were the one to tell everybody to sit the fuck down. Yeah, um, yeah. That saved their lives, because I know that there were a few people that wanted to jump. Had they jumped, first person out that door would hit the tail. Mm. Without a doubt.
3: Yeah.
1: The the pilot is fighting for dear life to keep that plane in control. And messing with the balance of that aircraft at that point would have made it borderline uncontrollable. So between someone hitting the tail and the center of gravity shifting all over the place, chances are everybody on that plane's dead. So there's two people that were on that plane that saved everybody's lives. And that was the pilot and you. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. I said it that day in the hospital. And it's just as true today as it was then. And it's, uh, it's a, a testament to your training and keeping cool in a fucking freaky situation. Uh, and I'm sure you guys will agree, freaky stuff happens to us all the time. It's not a matter of getting freaked out. It's when you allow yourself to get freaked out. Right. I have on the ground melted down into tears over scary situations that I've lived through. I just haven't allowed that to happen during those scary situations. And I think that's probably the difference between people that can handle the shit we do and people that can't. And,
2: and and I think everybody fed off of that energy. It was, I mean, there was a bit of panic in the beginning and some of the, the, the few people that wanted to jump. And then Pat kind of co- took control, seeing that the pilot couldn't communicate with us. And his calmness, and it was just a, everybody sit down. Sure. Close the door. Like, little things that put, you You know, everybody makes sure your helmets are done. And then, I mean, seconds before impact, everybody lean back. Sure. And everybody just followed because of the calmness to it and it was easy for every. I mean it was a scary situation we have parachutes on our back and we're sitting in a plane going right. to the ground there was a lot of frustration sure. that a lot of us felt being like why are we in this plane right sure. now but because of the calmness and of, the, of control that Pat took and made us feel you know what This is what we need to do. And we did it. And it ended up best case scenario.
1: Oh, absolutely. No, it was it was a fairy tale story ending. It was fantastic. Now, that being said, they all listened to the command and understood, all right, if Pat is saying this, if anybody is saying this is what we need to do. Of course, in that situation, any rational person wants to latch on to if he says it, then that's going to be good. And you tell the story, and it makes it sound like it was quite a long time. But how long was it from the time that everything went bang to the time
0: you were on the ground? That's uh, funny, because we had this conversation. It was, it was a minute, and I think, a minute and 15 seconds.
3: Yeah, so yeah. less than 90 yeah. seconds.
2: So so we had this conversation the mm. night of the point we had a big party that night. Mm. Decompressed. Yeah, like Everybody was <laughs> crying. and crying. Everybody was in tears. <laughs> drunk in tears. Yeah, let it was, a, it was a decompression party. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we all talked about it, obviously, and we each kind of had our opinion. It was about four, five minutes, six minutes. Report came out a few days later. Yeah. It was less, it was a minute and a
1: half, yeah. minute 40. Nice, 90 seconds. Minute 90 40,
2: seconds.
1: yeah. Do you, uh. think that's, do you think that's contributed to the fact that because of the, our sport, we have um, gained the ability to slow time down? And right. we absolutely have.
0: I think so. Yeah. I think so. People that deal with the extreme experiences all the time, Oh, we're a master um, of time. Anybody exactly. that says time
1: travel is not possible hasn't jumped out of a fucking airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could read a novel. I could read War and Peace on the way down in the skydive. Yeah. It takes forever.
2: Whenever I tell somebody, they're like, how long do you fall? 60 seconds. Let's, you know, round about. What? You do all that for 60 seconds? Yeah. It's the longest 60 seconds you'll ever experience. Well, that's the thing is I've <laughs> actually,
1: uh, I've used that um, exact statement at 60 seconds and then I've made someone sit and watch the second hand of a watch for 60 seconds. And then at the end of the 60 seconds, tell them you were falling that entire time and have them go, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. But then you realize all these different things that you can do. And I mean, you guys had full-blown, <laughs> complicated conversations,
3: conversations. <laughs> debate,
1: discussion, <laughs> argument, resolution, uh, yeah. and Looks. solutions. In, yeah. in 90 fucking seconds. Uh, That's incredible. Yeah. I mean that really it really is almost beyond imagination. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, luckily, knock fucking wood, I've never had to deal with quite that extreme a situation. I mean, I've had my fair amount of emergencies in airplanes and then skydives, but I've never had to deal with a plane that was gonna fucking crash. Yeah. Uh, and I hope I never do. Catastrophic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Someone, uh, um, someone <clears throat> said uh, um, they're like, "Oh my god, he's the best pilot ever," and then turned to me and went, "No offense." And I'm like, "No offense, <laughs> fucking taken. Are you absolutely he wins? I don't ever want to be as good as he is.
0: No, he gets the gold star.
1: Yeah, like, it, gold I don't star. care. How the fuck can I possibly be offended? He kept 15 people alive. At a crash. I just I get applause when I land on a normal skydive because it's right. too windy. You know. Yeah. yeah, you win, dude.
0: Unsurvivable
3: crash.
1: Unsurvivable crash. So Absolutely how nothing. how was the sex that night?
3: <laughs>
2: Amazing. But this did, also did redefines. How many dents in the wall? This also
0: redefines what one minute is. So when my wife was like, one minute is like <laughs> <laughs> that's forever.
2: See? Brilliant. <laughs> oh, and here I was going to say something. Oh, like that. So you know, dude. when you get
0: two minutes in, you're just like. Cheers to that! You are
2: god. That's uh, uh,
0: fucking. <laughs>
1: that's brilliant. Yes, you don't think a minute's very long. Well,
0: guess what?
1: It does now. That's fucking awesome.
2: I, I will say there. I, I mean, it's the only plane crash I've been on, and hopefully, but to to look over at Pat and look at each other in the eyes and kind of say goodbye, hold sure.
0: hands and say goodbye. Say I love you. That's and goodbye.
2: a very. That's a crazy thing to do. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, in my head when you know we took the first bounce uh when the plane touched first and you know you're waiting for the second to be catastrophic and who knows what's going to happen you know i was thinking it's going to be one of us and which one is it going to be to look over and to see both of us still alert and everybody else alert and it's it's amazing it's i mean i i'm not i saying I'm happy I went through that experience, but to go through something so deep with somebody that you love so much, yeah. it really is well, It's a full-blown a rebirth. Powerful. It's a rebirth, <laughs> it's a absolutely. Rebirth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't care how
0: many drugs you've taken in your life, you'll never get that high. No, yeah. no, no, never. of course. Of never. Course, never. course not. Of when, course you, when not. You just if you survive out, yeah. death, if you think you're going to die, truly think you're going to die in yeah. that moment, and you have minutes, like really you said, think minutes is die, yeah. hours kind of thing. Oh, yeah, no, time it's stretches like, out. I am going to die, and it comes out like...
2: Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's
1: it's, kind of one of the reasons that I've explained to people that are non-jumpers why I think skydiving is such an amazing and sometimes transformative experience. Because some people view the idea of jumping out of an airplane the same way that you guys viewed that plane crash. They're as terrified to make a fun skydive as you guys were to be in that plane crash. And I try and explain to someone you have no idea who you're going to be when you not only conquer something that Mm -hmm. terrifies you but come out the other side – better and happier for it you can't imagine you just cannot fathom and granted it's not nearly to the extreme that you guys had to deal with on the plane crash but it's the same basic premise and to some people out there it's probably you know strapping on a tandem harness is more terrifying
2: exactly and, and i tell it. i tell everybody that comes oh you work as you work at, in skydiving and yeah. this and that and i've always thought about it. and i say everybody should do it at least do once.
1: it yeah just do it at least once if you're physically able to make the jump
2: if you you don't fall in love with it, if you don't become a skydiver, that doesn't matter. Do one and and see how it is. And
1: yep. I say the same thing. I tell I tell people that I've I've had lots of most people and on average most people never make another jump. Yeah. Um but I I most people say that they'll never do another jump, but that they're ecstatic they did the first one. I've yeah. never out of over 8,000 tandems had ever had anyone say I wish I hadn't done that. Not even the ones that threw up on me and pissed all over me and completely, <laughs> out. yeah, and passed out and went mental. Not one of them went. Fuck! I wish I hadn't done that. Every single one of them was happy that they did it. They just didn't want to do it again.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. So absolutely. Well, so you've done all this stuff uh, up to and including the crescendo of fucking surviving a plane crash. How was? I mean, Siobhan, you got to say, all right, I'm good for a while. I'm gonna stay on the ground.
2: Yeah, I did. Pat, I you do this for
1: a living.
0: <laughs> what was load one? No, it's it's actually pretty funny after that because uh, after this event, myself and one other that was involved in that crash, can I say his name? Uh, Mr. Pablo Hernandez. Yeah, uh, he was also on that with me. And of course, we're involved traveling, swooping, and uh, a lot of places you go in the world, they have care, uh, they have certain airplanes, sure. single, single engine airplanes. <laughs> But uh, pretty funny story. We, uh, Pablo and I, end up going to the Czech Republic and to competition at Scotty Pink, mm. and Wootsie Wootsie Wagner just happened to have this certain aircraft uh. with a different, with this engine from a different manufacturer. Sure, and of course he says this is the engine. There is no way this is ever going to you know happen, and we said no way you can ever get us on that airplane. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right.
0: So we're jumping, we're training. We're jumping, we're training. So what he does is he jumps he stops the current aircraft that we're jumping on. He says that's the only plane we're going to start jumping now. It's the plane we did not want to get on. He's like this is your only choice. Wow. Good on Wootsie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get dude. back on the bike. He's All like right. this is your horse. Get back on it. You're going to do it. And both Pablo and I got in that airplane. <laughs> Literally. We are watching our altimeter <laughs> yeah. for 2,700 feet. And when we saw that, both him and I, was it was the biggest relief for sure. us. And it was yeah. like, okay, we're kind of over that. And we continued to jump with that aircraft for that day. But still, I mean, that's the second time I've seen and witnessed that malfunction on that aircraft. Sure. And, uh, fortunately the first time I wasn't involved but the reason why I had the experience with it is once it happened we sat down with a lot of people and discussed a lot of different actions oh, yeah. and why you should not should do things but but after the fact Wootsy thank you love you <laughs> thanks for getting us back on the horse uh, yeah he got Pablo and I back in the horse and it we have to
1: well at the, yeah. at the end of the day we're very lucky in that this is the one and only activity I've ever been involved in where I'm happy to learn from other people's mistakes uh, most times I need to make my own mistakes, even if that's, you know, scrapes and, and uh, scuffs and, and bloodied knees and stuff. But in this sport and in aviation in general, I am happy to learn from the shit that's gone wrong to somebody else. Um, and obviously not to the, the extent of having a plane crash, but I've have had more than my fair share of ex- scary experiences, both jumping out of and flying planes. And that first time back in the plane or first time back under a parachute it's a real test, man. It's, it's uh, Jumping out of an airplane for the first time is not the test. It's jumping out of an airplane or getting back into flying an airplane after something bad has happened. That's the test. That's when you decide, all right, fuck, I'm in this for life. Uh, we actually talked about that with Junior. We had a, a discussion about his father. Uh, and uh, um, I can't imagine a harder situation to go through than having your father pass away skydiving and then continue to be a skydiver. And we actually had a bit of a giggle about it because he's like, "Yep, fuck, and I'm a Scott ever for life." And there's no doubt about it, and there's not too many sports and not too many types of people that can have that kind of resilience to go. But this is my passion, and yes, sometimes things go wrong, and sometimes it happens to the wrong person. Um, but you get back on the horse or get back in the airplane, and
0: wow, and you come right. out the other side that much fucking stronger. Exactly, it's a level of acceptance. I like. I'm, I will admit, like both for Siobhan and I are. Level of stress for the next year was yeah, pretty was, severe. Yeah, like, anxiety, PTSD, <laughs> anxiety. Like <laughs> it, it was pretty insane. Dreams, like, I, waking I, up I, in the middle of
2: night, another dream.
0: PTSD through, is no yeah. fucking joke. I went through some pretty serious scenarios. Like it got pretty bad for a while. Sure. Um, but we worked through it, and...
2: But that's what's so special about the sport is I can't imagine even you know after going to plane crash and having friends die and whatnot just being like no I'm not going to do it anymore mm, No, because it gives me so much sure. that a lot of things in life can't and sure. it's it's such a powerful thing it's and you make you have to come to peace with it and say you know I'm still going to jump and sure
1: well there, I think that happens to, to most jumpers anyway it certainly happened to me where you you have that uh, um, that moment where you have to face facts and go okay well this is the reality of it and and this is what can happen. And, and uh, you have to consciously and soberly decide, nope, I'm a skydiver or no, I'm not a skydiver. When I was learning how I had a turnaround point on the freeway. Uh, if I drove past this point. I was going jumping. But anytime before that point, I could turn around and fuck off back home and I didn't have to feel like a <laughs> pussy. But I could not turn around once I went past that mm-hmm. point. And the, kind of the same thing happens in the career. And it's not a matter of feeling like a pussy or not. It's a, I can't give this up yeah. anymore. You know, And th- there comes that point where you just can't go past. And if you go past that and you continue to jump, that's it. You know, I'll I'll be a jumper for the rest of my life. Even even if I eventually stop, when I eventually stop jumping, because my body's just too broken up to do it anymore, I'll still be a skydiver at heart for my entire life, yeah. without a doubt. And anybody I know that's been in any sport any length of time will be as well, whether you're jumping or not. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't Absolutely. really matter. So Absolutely. you've done all these things. You've you've had some some amazing stuff. You've had some freaky stuff. Some really scary stuff. What's next? And what, any any big adventures? You going jumping off a of shit and going crazy, or or what 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 comes next?
0: Next is uh, I mean we're always thinking about the next phase in our life, as everyone should. Like, yes, you can skydive forever. You can skydive till the day you die, but you can't work in skydiving till the day you die, or unless you do it while you're skydiving, which doesn't help the tandem uh, passenger in front of you so if you're a tandem passenger don't you know yeah we're not gonna do we're not going out that way (laughs) we're not going out that way we don't want to do it so i mean we we've got some ideas we want to move to our own have our own land build our own house we want to uh, have a farm be self-sustainable still be involved in skydiving somewhat but it's time to kind of dial it back a little bit and start thinking of the end game um,
1: so take the sport more as a, a pleasure instead of a, a career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Minimal work. You know, I've been working in the sport very uh, hardcore on, a, you know, for basically almost 15 years straight. Sure. Um, so it's it's time to dial it back. Think about the family. Think about the end game. Think about the retirement. You sure. Know, I've made it. I'm out for right now. I'm alive. Right. Right. Isn't that funny?
3: That's kind of
1: one of those things, too. There's been many times I remember when I started my skydiving career, there were, and I'm not a religious person at all, but I'd lay in bed and go, all right, I just want to see my kid graduate high school. All right. I just want to see her graduate college. All right. I just want to see her get married. So I'd make these deals. All right. I'll keep doing this shit, but I want this or I want that. Do you
0: really want to see her get married? No, no. Come if, on now. If I'm,
1: if I'm being perfectly honest, while she was a kid, I was really pulling for her being a lesbian because I figured I could deal with that a <laughs> yeah. lot more
3: and
1: then her finding somebody like me. Luckily, she found a great guy, at least for now. And if she's smart, she'll hang on to him. And Chris, don't fuck it up. Uh-huh. Um,
3: uh,
1: and she didn't take after me. She's, uh, she's actually taken her big uh, um, test to be a lawyer today, ah, right nice. now, whatever the, uh, the LSAT. Good, she's luck. Good luck. Good luck with the LSAT. Yeah, she's taking the LSAT. As we speak, she's probably sitting there scratching her head. and She's going to kick ass on it. She wants to be yeah. a, a, an attorney. so Smarter
2: than all three of us combined. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank fuck she didn't
1: get that from me at all. Um, luckily, she, she still has a bit of a wild side and likes to jump out of airplanes and do all that stuff. But luckily, she didn't take that route. But um, she, she went the, the different direction. I've been lucky in that I was able to transition out of skydiving as a job and go to flying as a job. And I went to the airlines for a while but hated it. So now I'm lucky. I've got the best of both worlds. I get to fly planes, which I love doing. I'm still in the sport, which I love being in because I've still got the joy of the community and all. And now when I go to skydive, it's because it's fun.
3: Yeah.
1: And it's only for fun. I don't do it for work anymore. Yeah. And one of the funnest things that I've discovered, as odd as it sounds, is how much better everybody is than me. It's amazing. (laughs) The tunnel, the great equalizer has turned 200 jump wonders into ridiculous flyers. And I've got kids with no jump numbers whatsoever flying circles around me and I'm giggling and flailing like a student. And the funny thing is, and I told one of our uh, newer pilots the same thing, I'm jealous of where he's at in jump numbers because I think he's got only 80 jumps. Oh, but I remember that as being the most exciting time because every single jump was insane and every jump was so much fun and you were learning all across the way. And although we're still learning even late in this career, all I'm learning is there's a lot of things I'm never going to be able to do.
3: <laughs> <Acceptance>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've accepted that I'm never going to be
1: standing on a podium. I'm never going to be some badass swooper. I'm never going to be a But man- it doesn't
2: take – it's not any less fun then. No,
1: no, not at all. Well, in that respect, it's a lot like golf that you don't have to be good to enjoy mm-hmm. it. Uh, obviously, the consequences of sucking really bad in our sport are slightly more – you know, horrific than than golf, but uh, you don't have to be an amazing skydiver to have a great time about it. You just have to be safe and enjoy yourself. That's the key to it, is right. you're, you're out there to have fun. And we've been lucky, we've been able to be kids big fucking kids yeah. for a very long time. Very long time. I'm going to be a big kid my entire life.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's changed nowadays, huh? It's like everybody's so serious about it. they like so serious how they look, Same so serious with, how they're, oh, they're social media <laughs> like, like, check out this photo, check out this video, like, look how cool I look. It's like, I've got 50 jumps and a whole brand new kid. So serious. Yep. So serious. It's like, no. No, nope. they want to grow up so, so fast. fast. Absolutely. Yeah, they remind you teenagers, yeah?
1: Absolutely. And when they've got to be instant badasses and everything and... And, and no, no, I, I I like being woefully ignorant about a lot of things and I'm, I'm good at what I do and this is um, I'm happy at what I do and I don't like the big parties anymore and all that. Uh, it's perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, well, rant. I don't, like the, I don't like the <laughs> big parties. I like the massive parties. <laughs> hey, like yeah. the big parties are for the kids. The hey. massive parties yeah, are for the yeah. legends.
1: Well, see, I like the, the intimate parties that are massive. Those are the ones yeah. that I like. Uh, the, the, the ones that are just big parties because they've got huge crowds don't attract me at all. The massive parties is because you've got half a dozen people that are just insanely fun to hang yeah. around. Those are the best parties. And those are the ones that generally get way more out of control. And I, I dare say we've all had our fair share of those.
2: Nah, not right. me. Hopefully some more. Not me. Lots more to come. Well, I don't come. know what you guys are. Not, Lots
1: not more me, to come. Never, Hopefully never. some more. So the future for you guys is going to be uh, uh, fun jumping and uh, uh, living a, a semi-normal life.
2: Yeah, some, I think I think. For never normal. Working, never normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> working in skydiving and what skydiving has given us is, you know, it's not working for the man. I mean, essentially it is. somebody. We do work for somebody, but it's not the normal 9-to-5. No. You know? And... I think it's shown us that we don't have to have the nine to five. We can do whatever we want on our own. So we want to build our own place and live off the land and work for ourselves. Sure. And everything we do is going to be to self-sustain ourselves. And we work for us, you know, for us. And it's easier than you think. And I think it's, skydiving has helped us get into this kind of, Well, it teaches you
1: that nothing's impossible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you can do what we do, what most people consider absolutely insane, and consider it, you know, just another Tuesday.
0: And nowadays make an insane amount of money doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I make a better living now, um, you know, flying people that are jumping out of airplanes than I ever could have working for the airlines. Correct. You know, and I don't even fly with shoes on. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't even wear shoes to
1: work. It's... Sometimes
0: you have to wear a collar.
1: Right? Well, yeah, it's, yeah, every once in a while.
2: It's, I was talking to some non-skydivers and telling them how we were going to go create our own place, our own farm, and, sure. you know, raise everything, and they said, well, what are you going to do for work? <laughs> <laughs> that is our that is our work. That's it. But what are you going to do for money? That's it. No, that's what we're going to do. We're gonna make I, it. That's what we're going to do. That's you yeah, know? fourteen and,
0: hours a
1: day. Oh, or and
2: yeah. They just couldn't see like what we can to do. They just can't see
1: outside the box. And it's uh, I'm sure you guys probably look at it the same way as me. I, I'm so so sad for some of these people that think that this is the only mold. Is it's the nine to five, and it's it has to be this way. And I've never ever not once lived my life by the so called rules. And I've done better than so many people, and I'm happier than so many people. And I, I, I don't need to be stinking filthy rich. I know a lot of miserable rich people. Yeah. Yes. money has nothing that's to why, do with that's
2: it. That's why people cut away. Huh? Absolutely, you, you cut away from that lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the money is nice, but at the end of the day, if it's happiness or money, fuck the money. I'll, I'll go sell coconuts on the beach in Bali any day of the week <laughs> if if that's going to get me by and I'm happy. You know.
0: Absolutely. fucking uh, I
1: And I think that's probably the biggest key that I've ever taken away from the sport is that, that you, the, the standard life that's sold to people and packaged up and boxed in, in this perfect, uh, you know, uh, Apple box and, and you're supposed to go and live this exact life is just bullshit. Yeah. And there's so many different ways to do it. And it's not that you can't do that. You can absolutely do that. But there's so much more to go experience as well. If that was my message to anybody, anytime, it would be, sure, live your 9-to-5 life and do that stuff, but step outside that box every once in a while, because holy shit, there's something out there for you.
2: Yeah, and I was just going to say, you think about people who like, you guys are very old school skydivers, started... She just fucking called it old. Yeah, she just called it old. old. <laughs> started as packers, worked your way up the line, you know. And I would, I would go to anybody that's starting that skydiving journey that wants to quit their nine to five and become a packer or become whatever a tandem instructor you know do it hmm. do it because you know why not oh yeah wouldn't you rather do something that you love and even if you're yeah packing parachutes I'm sorry I don't know how anybody can enjoy doing that oh, but. are you kidding me it's, it's making money
0: off of lazy people <laughs> absolutely no it's it, <laughs> it is awesome. lazy but it's that's awesome the perfect thing. I'll take you your
2: money you can quit a successful job and pack parachutes and do something, be around people that you love, be around a sport that you love, make money to do what you love.
1: And be dramatically happier.
2: And be dramatically happier, even though you're not, you know, a lawyer or whatever it is, or this profound, you know, job that society views as, you know.
1: Well, I can't society. count how many times I've taken those people and very, very wealthy people on skydives. And one in particular, a guy came out to, to make a tandem in Las Vegas and he came out in a limousine clearly a businessman wearing his suit and he had a duffel bag with uh some sweats that he goes to get changed in it was the end of the day nobody else wanted to jump and myself and a guy by the name of simon ended up having to do the jump simon was taking the tandem and i was shooting the video Simon uh, no. Wade. Simon Wade. Absolutely. <laughs> so, ha- Hats off to Simon Wade, yes, who gave me fight. my tandem instructor rating. Who he gave it to you, I bet. Yeah, he gave <laughs> yeah, it Fuck you, Simon. <laughs> Motherfucker, right?
3: <laughs> Bald ass English prick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
1: no, I love the guy, but uh, yeah, so he was doing the tandem, I was doing the video, and uh uh this guy um was obviously just Joe businessman and super wrapped up in everything and we had to talk him into putting his phone down to get him in a harness and all this stuff and nobody else wanted to do the jump and we get him in the airplane, we finally get him to loosen up, and I'm shooting the video, and we're having a little bit of fun with him. And we go out and make the skydive, and, of course, it's exactly what you think. He has this mind-blowing experience because a guy like that doesn't know what living in the moment is like mm-hmm. because his moment is filled up with cell phone business meeting. I've got to be here. I've got to be there. There's no such thing as shutting it off to a guy like that. And so for that 60 seconds of free fall and that five minutes of canopy ride, nothing else exists for him. And he lands, and he's just over the moon. And he comes up to me after the jump and he had talked to Simon first and he comes over to me and he gives me a big hug, which is, of course, out of character for this business guy whose hair's all fucked up and, and he doesn't care that he's wearing sweats anymore. And, and he palms me a tip as he's telling me I would give anything to trade places with you. And he's probably, I don't know, late 50s at the time. And I'm in my early 20s at the time. And he, it was the most sincere look I'd ever gotten from somebody. So I would give anything to trade places with you. You just, you do this. You enjoy it. And he walks away and gets in this fucking limousine. And I feel this wad of cash in my hand. And, and uh, uh, I'm thinking it's like a bunch of 20s. It's a $100 bill. And I open it up and he tipped me $1,000. Yeah. Tipped Simon $1,000 as well. And, of course, we went and fanned that $1,000 in everybody else's faces for not wanting to do the jump. Yeah. But what I took away from that was, holy shit, this guy has everything I've been taught I'm supposed to want my entire fucking life. And he just told me he'd trade anything to have the life that I'm living at 20 something. And And he has the money
2: to do it too. Absolutely. And
1: (laughs) And I took that to heart, you know, and, and, uh, uh, that memory stuck with me more than most in that I'm like, wow, okay, this is a guy who's where I'm supposed to want to be. And he'd rather be where I am. Maybe something's, you know, rotten in Denmark here. and, uh, it turns out he was right cuz you know at the end of a 23 year not even the end the the middle let's say middle I'll be I'll be greedy <laughs> the <laughs> middle of a 23 year career um I couldn't imagine trading places with him with anybody that does that hmm. no no the fancy cars and the the 12 hour work days and the stressing over all that bullshit
0: and when no keep it 12 they probably work. That's Probably were 16, 18. Yeah, absolutely. And they're still 12 working. 12 is a long day for us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and
1: they're still working when they're, that's they're laying down in bed because yeah. their heads won't shut off. And yeah. if anything, I'm daydreaming about going and making another yeah. job.
2: But maybe that's what, you know, we started this whole conversation, this whole podcast about talking about, like, what is the whole alert towards skydiving and the community and all this is it's that, that cut away from what the norm, the society, what tells you you're supposed to do. You can cut away and enjoy and do what you're supposed to do sure. for yourself and not for everybody else. And it's well, easier than you think it is.
1: It's scarier, but it's easier. Yeah. And it's, it's so much more rewarding on the other side. It's a terrifying leap. I mean, I can't imagine a scarier thing. I was lucky in that I never, I didn't have to step away from normal life because I never lived one. Um, so it was very easy for me to transition from one type of weird to another type of weird. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I can't imagine anything more rewarding at the end of the day. Well, cool. I think that's a a pretty amazing way to to end it off and and a hell of a message. Cheers to that. Yeah. All right.
3: Same thing. (laughs) Ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. All
1: right. uh, That's the podcast for the day. Uh, Pat and Siobhan telling some stories and and surviving plane crashes. Uh, Tune in next time, but for the meantime, that one was pretty fucking amazing. All right. Blue skies, guys. (laughs) Cheers. See you. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Lunatic Fringe Podcast brought to you as always by... Well, wait. Not as always, actually. Brought to you now by Gyro. Formerly known as NZ Sports. you'll head to gyro.com for their next-level line of canopies. By Pussfoot, the extreme sports collective. Head over to pussfoot.com to check it out. By Summit Parachute Systems, Check out SummitParachuteSystems.com to talk to Jarrett Martin and the gang about kick-ass pilot rigs, rigging courses, and more. Buy Flyaway Indoor Skydiving. Go to FlyawayTN.com and check out all the cutting-edge stuff to come. Buy Pure Spectrum CBD. Head to PureSpectrumCBD.com to check out their wide range of CBD products. And as for us, head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com to listen to any of the hundreds of episodes currently available. Hit the link for our YouTube channel, pick up your copy of the Lunatic Fringe book or the accidental stripper, and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.